It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? It is your boy, your host, Sosa Kermendez, as always. I'm a fantasy analyst at PFF and your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. That was a thrilling game that we're going to discuss in just a second. But before we do, I wanted to remind you guys that NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to this game recap in which we're going to dive into this preseason week two performance between the Los Angeles Rams and the Las Vegas Raiders. And to preface all of that, the Raiders did win this game by a score of 17 to 16. It came down to a two point conversion, which the Rams did not convert, of course, but it doesn't really matter the score, obviously. It was a thrilling game, a lot to talk about, of course, and we will dive into the offense first. But before we do, I wanted to quickly highlight some injuries, and I am recording this right as the game is ending, so I don't know Sean McVay's comments on how severe these injuries are, but Tutu Atwell suffered two injuries in this game, one to the left side of his torso, one to his ankle, but he continued to play, so maybe not that serious. You look at another guy, Raymond Calais, I believe he also suffered an ankle injury. His looked a little bit more severe, a little bit more unfortunate, which is obviously not good news. And then from everyone else, I'm not really sure if there were any other notable or big injuries. I think Tremaine Ankrum might have had some sort of a ankle or something like that where he got rolled up. And I don't think he actually returned to the game. So potentially something to look out for there as well. Now I want to dive into the offensive performance. And there's a lot to look at here because I felt like a lot of guys really stepped up in this game and put their mark on this game. You look at the very most important player, the most important position, quarterback, Bryce Perkins. He played the entire game, all four quarters, took every single snap for the Rams, which I absolutely loved because you finally allow this guy to get in a rhythm and get snap after snap, series after series. He can rebound from a mistake if he makes one, or he can start to string together some good quality play after play. And I thought he did really well in this game. Again, You're looking at a guy who is a legitimate dual threat weapon. He had 208 yards passing, two touchdowns, one interception, which I didn't hate necessarily. I think the decision was okay, but I think the throw maybe was not the best. It was a deep shot to Tutu Atwell in in double or triple coverage, but I think Atwell might have had that if the ball was placed out ahead of him a little bit more, but... You look at the rushing aspect, another 41 yards for Bryce Perkins, and he broke maybe four or five 100% should have been sacks in this game. This guy kept a bunch of plays alive. He converted multiple fourth downs. Very good player, very good performance. And I think when you look at him and the performances that he's now strung in two games, 
I think you need to stash this guy on the practice squad at worst. This is a guy that clearly has something, and I'm super, super impressed with what he was able to do in this game. My guess is in the last game, the Rams are probably going to let Duck Hodges play the entire game, but I'm not 100% sure what they plan to do there. The running game for the Rams, kind of a tale of two halves here. The first half, they were actually very productive. They looked very solid. I think Xavier Jones was the clear-cut running back too, I guess behind Daryl Henderson, you would say. In this game, he looked very explosive, and he had maybe three, four plays that were called back because of penalties, and we're talking 10, 12, 15-yard gains, one of which was nearly a touchdown. He got knocked out, I want to say, at the two-yard line, and of course, that did come back, like I mentioned, due to penalties, but he looked explosive, very decisive, and a guy that looked a lot more comfortable in this game as opposed to the first one, and Jake Funk, on the other hand, didn't look as good in the first half. But in the second half, he started to put together some stuff too. So you look at their totals, Jake Funk, seven carries, 56 rushing yards, an average of eight yards per carry. Xavier Jones, seven carries, 29 yards, an average of 4.1 yards per carry. So both guys stepping up in this game. Like I mentioned, the first half was a lot more productive than the second half it felt like. The second half, the offensive line just couldn't really get any movement in the running game. And that might have been because of Tremaine Ankrum. Like I mentioned, he did injure that ankle and he got yanked out afterwards, did not return. And he was a superb player in this game. He was creating a lot of movement in the running game. And I thought he did a very solid job as a pass protector too. So his loss maybe felt a little bit more and could have been a little bit of a roadblock for the Rams running game there in the second half. Now moving to the receivers, there's a lot to talk about here. A couple of guys stood out in this one. You look at Jacob Harris, did not get much usage in this game, but he got his first touchdown and he got another target in the red zone there on another fade, which I think is more evidence for that theme that we believe he will be a red zone weapon for this team. Bryson Hopkins, two receptions on his two targets for 31 yards, so good for him. Kendall Blanton, another tight end, one reception, nine yards, and scored the first touchdown for the Rams in this game. So the tight end position definitely had their impact in this game. I don't think much has changed in terms of the pecking order of these guys, but the receivers, on the other hand, there was a lot of production from these guys. J.J. Koski, the small receiver coming out of the slot, 10 targets in this game. He brought in eight of those for 61 yards. Of course, that is a very productive game for him. Landon Akers, another one of the guys, a bigger bodied guy on the boundary, eight targets, five receptions, 49 yards, a solid performance for him as well. He was getting open and he was bringing in the ball when he was given his opportunities. And then maybe my favorite thing from the entire game, Tutu Atwell got a bunch of run in this game. He played the entire contest and he had a team high 13 targets in this game, brought in eight of those for only 46 yards. So a little bit weird in terms of the usage and how productive he actually became in this game. But at the same time, it was great to see him out there finally get some experience, some reps. You start to see that speed out there. There was one shot that was a deep over where he was open, maybe 25 yards down the field and Bryce Perkins underthrew him. It was a pass breakup because the defender just had enough time to react on the underthrown pass. But if it was put out ahead of Tutu Atwell, he might've gained 30 or 40 yards on that pass. And then of course we mentioned earlier too, the Bryce Perkins interception, that could have been a long completion or or maybe a lot more close to being completed as opposed to being an interception too, had the pass been a little bit better. So I thought it was a good performance by him. One thing that I definitely do worry about is the injuries that I mentioned. He had an ankle injury 
and an injury to the left side of his torso. I'm not sure what that was, maybe an oblique or something, but he did continue to play, so it clearly shows this guy does have some toughness, but it is scary because every time this guy gets hit, he looks like he's getting blasted. He's going three, four, five yards. He's getting tossed. Sometimes it looks like a ragdoll, and that worries me because we know the weight or the lack thereof. He weighs 150, 155 pounds. It's been much discussed, and now injured twice in his first game. Is this a guy that's going to last 17 games? I don't know. It's definitely something I'm concerned about, and it definitely doesn't look good after the first game, but at the same time, clearly a tough guy. He continued to play, so you got to take your hats off for him for doing that. The last part of the offense here to discuss is the offensive line, and I thought these guys had an up-and-down performance. I mean, like I mentioned, it felt like it was a little bit of a different performance once Trimmine Ankrum was pulled out of that offensive line. While he was in there, I personally thought the offensive line did pretty good. I mean, Ankrum was the guy that really stood out for me at right tackle. He looked awesome. Coleman Shelton as well at that center spot. I thought both guys were really productive in the ground game. They opened up a lot of holes. And not only that, but they were solid in pass pro too. Obviously, I can't keep my eyes on everyone every single snap. So it was hard to really get a good look at who else was doing well. But it definitely felt like the offensive line took a step back when Tremaine Ankrum went out with an injury, which is unfortunate because that guy is somebody that the Rams did draft in the seventh round just a year or two ago. And he clearly looks like he's developing. The only guy that I really thought out of that starting offensive line, not exactly starting as in legitimate starters, but the starters for this game, that didn't perform that well was Bobby Evans. I mean, I thought he struggled, and that's scary because just a week or two ago, this guy was supposed to actually start for the Rams, and here he is struggling with second and third stringers. Doesn't scream a huge vote of confidence for him. It's definitely concerning. He had two penalties in the early part of the game. One was a hands to the face. I think one was maybe a holding call. I can't remember. Not a great performance by him, but overall, I thought the offensive line did okay. And I think you got to feel pretty decent about the depth there. If you can get a Tremaine Ankrum, you can get a Coleman Shelton. You get these guys to step up and potentially be guys that, you know, cross your fingers. If something happens, can step in and take some spot starter snaps. You'd feel really, really good about that position, in my opinion. That's going to do it for the offensive side of the ball. In the next segment, we are going to dive into the defense. And there were a handful of big performances from these guys as well. A lot of sacks, a lot of production here. So we're going to dive into everything you need to know about that. And of course, you guys can always come connect with us on Twitter for everything you need to know about your Los Angeles Rams. You can find us at QBsMEP and at LockedOnRams. The fitness industry is so confusing. They love to try and confuse you guys when it comes to losing weight and building muscle. The number one things you need to focus on are a calorie deficit and getting your protein intake in. I suggest one gram of protein per pound of body weight. And if there's any good way to try and help you, it is to consume protein bars. And the number one protein bar on the market, in my opinion, is the Built Bar. They are by far the most tasty bars I've ever tried. They have so many different flavors, upwards of double digits. So you can't really get bored and you can actually design the package how you prefer based on which bars you like. They're low in calories, they're low in sugar, they're healthy, they have 19 grams of protein per bar, they're high in fiber, and they even work for you if you are on a keto diet. You even get a free cooler with your purchase while the supplies last. All you have to do, just go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. 
Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the second segment here of this post-game Saturday slash Sunday recap episode of the Locked On Rams Podcast. And we dove into the offensive performance in the first segment. Now we're going to take a look at the next or the other side of the ball here with the defense end. I mentioned there was a handful of guys that really stood out in this game, and I want to give you a shout-out to the first few players, the guys that forced turnovers in this game, the most important aspect of playing on the defensive side of the ball. J.R. Reed squeezes himself an interception, another good performance for him. That's two games now where he's looked like one of the most impactful and best defenders on the team. Such a good performance by him, and I think he's really building a case to make this roster Bronte Harris, undrafted free agent cornerback, also pulls himself down in interception, and it was a really nice display of concentration where he's along the left sidelines, the receiver almost looks like he's going to bring it in, the ball starts to kind of get bobbled up and down, Harris looks like he tips it to himself, pulls it in, gets about 10 yards back on the return, a very impressive interception and catch there, and then of course, maybe the star of the entire game, pass rusher, edge rusher, Chris Garrett with a huge sack where he blasted Nathan Peterman from behind and it was a forced fumble, so a sack fumble. Such an impressive play by him there. And we're going to dive into more of that in just a second, but I want to start with the defensive line first, the interior guys. I thought a couple of these guys definitely looked good. Eric Banks, once again, another good performance like he had last week. Showed up with a sack in this game. That's now two for him in this preseason. I think that's a good start for him as an undrafted guy. Marquise Copeland, another guy that I really thought stood out in this game from that interior position. It was good to see him string together another solid game as well. And we got a very small taste of Bobby Brown, the fourth round rookie out of Texas A&M in this game. He had one of the most impressive plays in this game, a tackle for loss where he split a double team on third and five, I want to say, or third and four. It was a short down and distance where the Raiders were going to try to run for the first down and Bobby Brown just eviscerated this dude. I mean, it was super impressive to see and you see the flashes of incredible talent there that I really hope the Rams are going to be able to tap into. Now, the pass rushers, the edge rushers, there are a handful of guys that I thought were impressive in this game too. You look at Justin Lawler from last week in week one. If he was the star of that game, Chris Garrett was the star of this one. The dude was practically unblockable. I mean, he had a huge tackle for loss to start the game for his performance. A nice five-yard loss where he just finds his way into the backfield quite easily. Complete disregard for the blockers. Brings down the ball carrier. He has a pass deflection that is led to that J.R. Reed interception. He's the reason that happened. He, like I mentioned, had a sack fumble and had another half sack with, I believe it was Jonah Williams, I want to say. It might have been someone else, but one and a half sacks for him, a forced fumble, a batted pass that went for an interception, and another tackle for loss. 
This guy literally looks like he could be something, and I don't want to say special because I definitely reserve that word for rare occurrences, but man, he stood out in this game, and he flashed a lot in terms of his pass rush abilities. I was so surprised to see him dominate like that, and you could see that when he started to get the ball rolling, he started to look like he knew he belonged on a field with these guys coming out of that small college in Concordia St. Paul. And he started to get that confidence. And he, at that point, looked completely unblockable. It was awesome to see a guy coming from that story, making it to this point in his career, and standing out that big in that type of a context. Such a great thing to see. And at this point, I think the Rams are starting to heat up in terms of their edge rusher position. The camp battle is looking very interesting right about now. And I love it because this is one of the positions where the Rams don't really have that much established players or established starters coming out of this spot. Of course, we've talked about it a lot here, but there are legitimate snaps to be had for these guys and roles to be had. And I think if Chris Garrett can continue to do this, he might find his way onto the field, like I said last week for Justin Lawler. Another guy that I thought was really solid in this regard and that nobody has talked about once from what I've seen throughout the offseason was John Daka, number 97, another edge rusher. He looks pretty good to me. I think this guy carries a nice, long, lean frame. He looks muscular, and he was getting in the backfield quite often, whether that was in run defense or as a guy trying to rush the passer. He had a handful of pressures. I thought the guy was really impressive, and he's definitely another one that I'm definitely looking at moving forward into the last preseason game. Of course, the secondary is the last aspect here that we got to dive into. I didn't think the inside linebackers did all that much. We did get to see Micah Kaiser out there a little bit, Traven Howard out there a little bit, Ernest Jones, again, a little bit as well. Christian Roseboom had some nice plays. I think Jake Gervais doesn't really have a great chance to make this roster. He looks like a guy that's just a step too slow every time. And of course, you heard us talk about all these names. You did not see or hear Troy Reader out there or Kenny Young, and that could very well mean that those guys are the starting linebackers right now for the Rams. And that is very interesting because that is not something really any of us expected, I would say. So that could be something to note. And that is something we're going to definitely keep in the back of our minds moving forward. But we do have to talk about the secondary. And I mentioned these guys a few minutes ago. J.R. Reed, another tremendous game. Bronte Harris pulls down an interception. You got to love to see that. And the last guy that I think we have to highlight here, Juju Hughes. This guy, just like J.R. Reed, might be a top two or top three performer on the defense throughout these two preseason games. He is so fast, flies to the ball every single time. It's anywhere near him. He almost had a pick six to basically start the game. I mean, he steps in front of a terrible pass by Nathan Peterman, breaks on it. It looked like it was a boundary pass, like a quick out or something, nearly secures the interception. And if he does, it's going back to the house. No questions asked. So, Such a good performance by him. Another strong game. And I think the safety position, we've talked about it. The Rams are so loaded here. I don't know what they're going to do. They can't keep everyone, of course. But that practice squad is definitely going to have at least one safety with how these guys are playing. It might be J.R. Reed. It might be Juju Hughes. One of these guys will probably make the roster. The other one, at least a practice squad, in my opinion. Both guys, tremendous talents. And then there was one more thing to note at the safety spot. Terrell Burgess played about half the game, which is awesome to see. Obviously, hasn't played much football or any football since that broken ankle last year in the Chicago Bears game. So I think the Rams sort of wanted to get him some snaps just to get him 
a little bit more comfortable back out there, start to get those reps under his belt a little bit. And he had a very nice tackle in the open field on third down on one play. On third and 10, it was only a one-yard gain. You really started to see a little bit of what this guy means to the defense, what he's going to bring to the table, and how the Rams can utilize a skill set like his. So great to see him back out there. It looks healthy, and he looked ready to compete for a lot of snaps this season. And that pretty much does it for the defensive side of the ball. In the final segment, we'll dive into the special teams performance, which was not nearly as good as the first game. And then we'll hand out our three stars for this game. So make sure to tune into that. And of course, make sure to keep checking back in throughout the rest of the week here at the Locked on Rams podcast. We're going to dive into another in-depth recap later this week and the final preview for the final preseason game in week three for the Los Angeles Rams. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. To get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline, all you have to do, go head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to horse racing. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the final segment here of this post-game recap for the Los Angeles Rams and Las Vegas Raiders Week 2 contest. I appreciate you guys, of course, for making it this far into the episode. And it is your host, Sosa Cremendas, and we're going to dive into the special team's performance in this game. And I got to note, it was not as good as the first one was, but there could be a reason for that. Both punters that the Rams have on their roster in Johnny Hecker and Corey Bajorquez were placed on COVID-19 reserve list, and they obviously did not perform in this game. They were not available, and it was on such short notice that the Rams didn't have any other punters on their team. So kicker Matt Gay actually had to punt in this game, and he punted four times for an average of 42 yards per punt with a long of 50 And that is kind of crazy to think because this guy, I don't think punted since high school. And I think they said on the broadcast that he only had 10 punts ever in his life. And for an average of 42 yards per punt, that's pretty decent. So shout out to Matt Gay for being available and being able to do that. Now, as a kicker, goes one of two on his field goals with a long of 36 
one of one on his extra points. The field goal that he missed was not a missed kick. It was actually a blocked kick. Looked like the trajectory was a little bit low, but a good play by that Raiders defensive lineman. You can't knock him for it. It wasn't a missed kick, but you still want to see that go through the uprights. Now the kickoff and punt returns, not much going here for the Rams. They had one punt return by 2-2 Atwell for zero yards. They had another by 2-2 Atwell very early in the game. That was quite a big gain. I want to say somewhere around 15-ish yards. It was called back due to a penalty. Of course, special teams, you love penalties, but it was good to see Atwell make another impact on special teams. He clearly looks like a guy that could do some damage on that special teams unit, specifically as a punt returner. As a kick returner, the Rams only had Otis Anderson back there, two returns for 18 yards. They did have other guys back there, but no other returns. And Raymond Calais, the last thing we want to mention on this unit, he did have a fumbled punt return, but it was waved off due to, I believe it was an interference call. I don't know if it was an actual legit penalty or not, but he definitely needs to do a better job securing that one. You can't let that one go. So, unfortunate but the Rams did get lucky because it didn't count anyways now we got to dive into our three stars the three performances of this game and this one was a little bit tough I think maybe two of these guys were quite easy to select but we'll begin with the third star the least impressive I guess out of the most impressive performances kind of weird to say but for me it's got to be 2-2 out well I think he looked good in this game you got to give him a shout out for coming back after two injuries leading the team in targets. He clearly had an impact as a receiver. Like I mentioned, had somewhat of an impact as a returner. You've seen another rush from him as well on a jet sweep. It was not a good one. It was for negative two yards, but kind of interesting to see how the Rams are going to utilize this guy. And then, like I mentioned, there was one, if not two, very big gains out there for him that were kind of left on the field due to an inaccurate pass or just not throwing the ball. And I think you're really starting to see this guy get comfortable in the NFL. And we're starting to now see what kind of damage this guy can do. The one thing that I really want to highlight about his performance that I was impressed by, not the numbers, not these other things, was what he brought to the table as a receiver. This was a guy that a lot of people critiqued coming out of college as a receiver, saying he's a specialty guy, he's a gadget guy, he's not going to last. He was lining up outside the numbers a lot for the Rams in this game, like your traditional wide receiver would. And he was creating a lot of separation on his routes. I mean, there was at least three or four, if not more instances where he had a good five, six, seven yards on his cornerback. And sometimes he was targeted, sometimes he wasn't. But it was so good to see him just play receiver and be an actual wide receiver. I think I'm very impressed with what I've seen. And I feel good about his projection now, maybe not in terms of the health or lasting 17 games, but being able to line up outside the numbers, in the slot and actually make an impact as your traditional route running wide receiver. Moving on to the second star of this game, I'm going to give this one to Bryce Perkins. Another legendary performance, like I said on Twitter, this guy needs to be inducted into the preseason Hall of Fame. Such an exciting player. I mean, he breaks three or four, five sacks and turns them into big plays down the field. He was pretty accurate in this game outside of a handful of passes, made a lot of good decisions, only one interception and It may as well have been an arm punt. It was a 40 or 50-yard positional field difference, so not the biggest deal at all there. You can feel real good about taking a vertical shot. And he leads the Rams to a comeback. And, of course, the Rams could have tied the game had they kicked the extra point at the end, but they went for two to try and win the game. They didn't get it. But I thought Perkins was awesome. He was going through his progressions, showed off the feet, 
great mobility, extended so many plays, converted fourth downs multiple times. This dude is something awesome. I don't know what is in the water that he's drinking, but man, he is super fun to watch. And I don't know how that translates to the regular season and starting defenses and things like that. Maybe he's never going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, but this guy, I think you could do so much worse as a backup quarterback. Definitely one of the more exciting options in the league. And I think for sure the Rams need to find a way to keep him on the roster or on the practice squad. You need this guy to stay on your team, continue to develop. And I think at this point, we're not talking about a Bryce Perkins versus a Duck Hodges competition anymore. I think at this point, it might be worth starting up the conversation to discuss is Bryce Perkins eventually going to take over the quarterback two job from John Wolford? I think he's been that impressive and maybe not right now. Sure, John Wolford's been in the NFL longer. You probably feel more comfortable about him being that backup just in case something does happen to Matthew Stafford. But I mean, at this point in time, I think next offseason, we're going to have a legitimate battle for that quarterback two spot. And I have no idea who's the favorite there because both guys have shown a lot in these preseason contests, whether it's this year or or even two years ago, like John Wolford did. The final star, the best performance of the game. I got to go with Chris Garrett. He didn't get enough run in this game. They took him out relatively quickly, but if they left him in there, I really think this guy could have just had some sort of legendary performance because he was not out there a ton, and he left his mark on that field. He made sure everyone felt his presence. It was so dope to get to see someone like that. You could see the excitement on his face, the excitement on the sidelines. He had that sack, Aaron Donald, Sebastian Joseph Day. All these guys are losing their minds. They're so excited for him. I think everyone knows how special of an occasion it is for him to be on an NFL field, coming from where he came from, going through the story that he went through, going to the college that he went to. He should not be here right now, and he's seizing his opportunity, so you absolutely have to respect him and love every second of it, and he was dominant. I mean, he was unblockable. He had multiple pressures. We talked about the stat line, another deflection that went for an interception. The guy's awesome. I want to see what he's going to be able to do in the last game. Hopefully, the Rams give him a little bit more run. I think he could utilize those reps. I think he needs them, and at the same time, you got to feel good about him making this roster now. I think he's definitely made his mark to where, you know, maybe last week we might have been talking about him as a potential practice squad guy, but now I think you can basically cross that off the list. This guy looks like somebody that the Rams need to keep, and when you hear me talk about all these guys, Bobby Brown making plays, Tutu Atwell, Chris Garrett, all these different guys, Jacob Harris, you got to start to believe all these rookies, the Rams, once again, they might have done it in the draft class. Shout out to general manager, Les Need. All of his rookies already stepping up, making big plays in these games this early into their careers. Looks like the Rams might have had another successful draft, even after everyone slammed them like they always do. So that's going to do it for this episode. I really appreciate you guys for listening. It was an entertaining game. We only got one left in the preseason once again next Saturday. But before we get there, we want to continue to cover everything from this game. We're going to dive into the in-depth numbers later this week, or I should say very early into this week get our guy Brad Motter back on, and we're obviously going to preview the next game, so make sure to tune into all of that. Just a reminder, you guys can come connect with us on Twitter, at QBsMEP and at LockedOnRams, and you can come find our new YouTube channel, at LockedOnRams. We're going to start posting there this week, hopefully. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait for that either, and please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 